you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Learning how to give up and lay down who we think we are and who people may say that we are, who people may think we are for what God says that we are. And so this week we're, we're going to be talking about offense. So just want to prepare you and we're going to pray before the message because this is going to get all of us. So I feel the Lord asking us to pray right now. <laughs> Lord, thank you for hearing ears and an open heart to receive from the Holy Spirit, Lord, not from words of a man, but words of the Spirit of God that makes a change on the inside and then moves that change to the outside. Thank you that we are disciples of Jesus, taught of the Lord. We thank you for this message today that it changes us. and We give you the glory and all the honor and everybody said, Amen. You know, my wife bought me, uh, I say she bought me, but because I wasn't with her, she brought this beautiful rose bush home the other day. Beautiful, she said. I got this for $10. And there was like four roses on it. It was beautiful. It was on sale. And, and it was this is kind of a pinkish, coralish, beautiful rose. And so I planted it, and we were excited. I planted it right by the door. We would walk in the house and so we could see it all the time. We were walking in and walking out. And, uh, you know, I've never grown a rose in my life. I always go to the store and buy her roses, but so I'm growing this rose and I see some, th- uh, you know, it, it, it blooms out. I, I wish I had given the guys a picture of it, but it had 13 different roses on this bush, a little, little bush, 13 roses, and they were all blossoming, beautiful. And then a couple of days later, I walk out and the leaves are yellow and black and I'm like, what's going on here? And then a couple of days later, all the roses fell off and there's holes in the leaves. So I did what anybody would do, go to Google, find out what's going on with my rose bush, and then do something about it, right? I didn't want to plant, and I mean, dig in the hole and plant and all that. So here's the illustration, guys. Just because sometimes we go through a season where a rose drops off or where we don't have any roses, I didn't tell you the end of the story. I should tell you the end of the story and then the illustration, but... um, Everything dropped off, there's holes in the leaves, but now there's new life coming. And a new bud this morning, I saw it, beautiful, it's coming back, it's coming back. From nothing, and it's coming back. Listen, there's seasons that we go through, but the life that God planted in us is still there, still there. You may have to cut off all your roses sometimes, and you may have to spray some of that stuff on you to to get the bugs off and and uh, turn things around but the life of God is in you producing fruit that he has put in you isn't that good so here we're going to get into the word this morning are you ready I'm ready talking about alter ego alter not alter A-L-T-E-R but A-L-T-A-R not alter ego but alter ego Do we put our ego on the altar? 
right? An altar is something that you, you, you uh, a place that you bring something to sacrifice before God, right? We see it in the, in the first covenant, the Old Testament. Um, our ego is who we think we are or who we want other people to think that we are. And we have to consciously lay that down in order to see what God has made us. And so for the first couple of weeks, we talked about, uh, the first week was feelings of inadequacy. We all deal with these feelings of inadequacy. Am I really, do I really have it, right? And you deal with that all your life. It doesn't, it's not a, a young person's thing. It, 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 you know, if, if you were brought up in a household where they told you you'll never amount to anything, you were born on the wrong side of the tracks and you can never expect anything, then you deal with those feelings sometimes all of your life. And the second week we talked about our need for control. You just have to have our hand in everything, just control and control and control. Listen, if you're controlling everything, then God has no place to intervene. So there are times where we just have to let things go and let God take control, right? And today is our right to be offended. Our right to be offended. We lived in Italy for some years, and it was almost 20 years ago when we were living there, and my mother-in-law is here this morning, and she sent us a box one time. I remember living in Italy, and 20 years ago when you got a box, I mean, Amazon wasn't around 20 years ago. So it wasn't a drop shipment that she could order something and have it delivered uh, by Amazon in another country. We were there, and when you get a box from America, that was important, right? And so we got a little slip in the mail that we were supposed to go to the post office to pick up this box. And when it came from my mother-in-law, I know it's going to be special. It's a care box. And so I'm excited, and I've got my little slip and a I had to take the public transportation down to get my box. I'm standing in the line like everybody else. You walk into this big room, and you have to make sure you're at the right window first to pick up the packages, not the letters. There's a special window for the letters. There's a special letter, you know, special window for everything. You had to show up at the right window and take your number. They had number. You go over to the box and, and pull out a number, and then you wait until your number flashes up there, and you stand in the line. And so I'm waiting, waiting, and waiting, and waiting, and waiting, and waiting <laughs> some more. And I get up, and the, I can see I'm in the right line, and I get up to the yellow line, and I'm the next person in line, and I'm ready to get my box. Well, all of a sudden, the person that's helping and bringing the boxes to the next person turns around and walks to the back, and there's, there's a clear glass so I can see what's going on, and she walks back there and takes her cappuccino and her cookie, his biscotti. She takes her biscotti and dips it in her cappuccino and just starts having herself a coffee break right there. And I'm thinking, <laughs> Wow. Really? Really? Are you kidding me? This can't be happening. Are, are you guys following the thoughts? I'm waiting and wait. I'm in the right line. And I mean, it was hard not to think. Maybe it's because I'm an American, right? I mean, you have all these thoughts and you're dealing with offense. You're dealing with being ticked off. 
off. Like, are you kidding me? So all of us get offended. And there's some, when they get offended, they feel like they have a right to be offended. Now, two wrongs don't make a right. It's wrong to be offended, but it's doubly wrong to think you have a right to be offended, right? To be offended or offense or the word offend means to cause to feel upset, annoyed, or resentful. There's actually a few definitions. One is to cause to feel upset, annoyed, or resentful. Another definition of the word offend is to be displeasing to. A third definition is to commit an illegal act. To commit an illegal act. You see in the, in the courtroom, the judge says, what offense has this person uh, committed? It's breaking the law. Or there are other senses of that same word that are not quite as severe as an illegal act. But what I want us to, to realize is that offense affects our feelings. And when offense comes, we become stirred up and annoyed, resentful, and upset. Offense comes to us when things don't go our way or when things don't happen in the time that we think that it should happen, right? Like my story with the, with the post to pick up the box. We have to admit before we go any further in this message that all of us have expectations, right? And when we have expectations, whether they're spoken or unspoken, whether they're realistic or unrealistic, when those expectations are not met, we have a chance to get offended, That's personal offense. Now, there's, there's a second type of offense. When we hear of someone that may be close to us or maybe not close to us that is offended. When something doesn't go as they planned or they expect it. And they start telling our, their, their story. They start telling us their story. And it went like this, and it happened like this, and it happened like this. And we find ourselves wanting to sympathize and empathize with that person, and we find ourselves agreeing with them. We're only hearing one side, and we begin to share their offense. Guys, this is dangerous. Because offense can get you killed. You say, wow, really? Yes, really. Most of the road rage that happens, we're going to talk about it here in a minute, but most of the road rage happens because of offense. People get offended. They get angry. They get stirred up. And they're out to, to kill somebody. This is serious, guys. Offense is a very serious thing. But when we agree with someone and we say, yeah, that's right, that's right. There's something that rises up in us that wants to justify this person or justify ourselves. We want justice. We want justice. And to want things right is fine. 
as long as you trust God to make things right. Because when you take things in your own hands, you begin to play the judge. And you want justice as long as you think you're right. But if you ever find out that you're wrong, then you want something called mercy. Right? So when you jump into the driver's seat, you block God's intervention in the situation when there's offense. So we have to be very careful. The Bible says that we should be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath, right? That is the whole uh, purpose behind being quick to hear and slow to speak is so that we will not fly off the handle and become angry and do something that could damage our life or somebody else's life. Think about traffic. Everybody that's over 15 or 16, raise your hand in the building right here. Okay, I'm talking to the right crowd. If you drive, we're going we're gonna to go down that road right now. <laughs> Traffic. Wow. How about this? I was at my uh, nephew's graduation the other night, and everybody gets out at the same time. It was over at Buford uh, Arena. He graduated from Buford. 5,000 people in the auditorium. They're all outside. We're all in outside to get in our cars, and we're all trying to dump out of this one parking lot across the street from the arena. And you nudge up there. You come up to get your place in line. And invariably, somebody tries to cut in front of you, right? You're going to be the nice guy, so you let one person go. You think one person. <laughs> But the person behind them and the person behind them try to squeeze their way in there, right? You, I mean, one moment you're generous, the next moment you want to really just run somebody's car into the fence, right? Not you, just, I'm just talking about me, <laughs> right? <laughs> we were just celebrating a graduation and how wonderful it is, and the next minute you're, you're out to hurt somebody just because trying to get out of the parking lot. Guys, we all deal with it, right? And what, what these people did wasn't necessarily illegal. It was just disrespectful. We believe that we have rules of the road that everybody should obey. Well, that's the way that I would do it, so then I expect you to do it the way that I would do it, right? You guys have met those drivers that just, they refuse to let you in. It's like, I am not going to let anybody in, and we're going we're gonna to hit each other's car to prove a point. What, that you can be more rude than I am? No. So this, this thing called offense is something that we deal with. Um, how about, here, here, here's kind of a re reverse thing. When you do let somebody in, and they fail to wave their hand and tell you thank you, it's like, hey, I did you a favor, and you're not even willing to wave at me. Like, <laughs> you're welcome. Come on. Next time, if I see you, I will not let you in. <laughs> Turn over to Romans chapter 12, and let's see what the Word has to say about this conundrum that we find ourselves in. 
Romans chapter 12 and verse 19 says, Do not take revenge. That means do not get back. This is how to get rid of the get back spirit. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room. Leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Did you know it's not your place to take revenge? Because you're not the judge. You really don't know what that person deserves. You just think you do. Well, they deserve what's coming to them. No, no, no. We need to pray for mercy. We need to pray for mercy for ourselves and mercy for that other person. Right? Even if you've, even if you've been done wrong, it's time to back off and let the Lord give you his peace. Now, I failed to mention that you can follow along in the notes if you go to lifeway.church forward slash 5-26-19. But these notes are out there. They're available, and you can, you can look at them. You can go back over. You can watch this video again, listen to the, the audio again, and go back over the notes. But here's, here's an important principle here. If you don't back off from the situation, if you don't back away from it, you can't allow the Lord to do what he needs to do in the situation and he will not be able to give you his peace right because you can't hold offense and walk in the unlimited peace of God at the same time you can't take what you need while holding on to what you have if you're going to insist to hold on to that offense, God cannot give you his peace. This is how deadly offense is. It's like drinking poison and wishing the other person would die. It's being angry and just holding on to that. Well, you just don't know what they did to me. You just don't know. And no, I don't want to know, really. I mean, I love you. But I've had some things happen to me too that, frankly, I've just had to let go and let God and take his peace and pray. We're going to get to the way to let go of offense here in a minute. But I want you to see the danger of this offense and this right. I've got a right to be offended. There are people that are just walking around with a right to be offended. They're offended at everybody, and they're going to let everybody know how offended they are. And because somebody offended them 20 years ago, I still have this right to be offended. No. Look at Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 11. I never even knew that Proverbs 19:11 was in the Bible until I started studying for this message. This is awesome. Proverbs 19.11. It says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. Man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory, or you, you, some versions say it's to his benefit, to overlook an offense. To overlook an offense. Now, when I think about wisdom and I think about my need for wisdom, I always go to James chapter 1. 
And the Bible says, if any man or woman, any person lacks wisdom, let them ask of God. And so I'm, I'm aware, keenly aware of my need for wisdom because most of the time I don't, I don't sense that I have a whole lot of wisdom. So I go to God first thing in the morning and say, Lord, I need your wisdom to, to live. So wisdom is connected with patience. And so if we are wise, we're going to act with patience. We're going to be quick to hear and slow to speak. And we're not going to fly off the handle angry. That's also in James that you find that scripture. But it says here that it's to our benefit to overlook an offense. The word overlook here in the Hebrew actually means to pass over. To pass over. To overlook an offense is not the same thing as pretending that it didn't happen. It is to acknowledge that it did happen, but look past it. It's a conscious decision to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go, because what you hold on to can kill you if it's from the enemy. Because you need to be holding on to something that God gives you, and it's that peace that passes understanding. And you cannot handle, you cannot, you can't grab hold of the peace that passes understanding if you're going to surround yourself with this spirit of bitterness and offense. You just don't know what they did to me. Well, let's compare notes because I've had that happen to me and worse. And then we get into this, who's been hurt worse and that always leads to nowhere, right? Forgiveness, everybody say forgiveness, is the solution to the problem. It always is, always is. Choose the way of love. Choose the way of love. Yes, somebody did you wrong, but you're choosing to let it go so that it doesn't control you. So that it doesn't control you. Look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Romans 12, 3. Now, we used this a couple of weeks ago, but it bears repeating. Paul says, for the grace given to me, for the grace, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you. Now, this grace that God gave to Paul is grace that he gives to you because we need grace. And the Bible says that God multiplies grace. Paul says, may peace and grace be multiplied to you. And every day I say, Lord, give me some of that multiplied grace. I don't want just a little dabble, do you? I want the multiplied grace, the abundance, the overflowing grace that I need. Because I deal with some people that just, really, just frankly offend me. Or the feelings of offense come to me when I have to deal with some of the people. Sometimes I offend myself, Right? Sometimes I, I can hold unforgiveness against myself, right? Are you like that? Well, how you did that again. You become offended at yourself, right? And you're wrapped up and tied up with all that unforgiveness and bitterness against yourself. And God can't even break through and give you his peace. Paul says the grace that was given to him is the same grace that's given to us that we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought, but rather think of ourselves with sober judgment 
in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given us. That's Romans 12, 3. So what I'm saying this morning is that grace that God gave me produces three things in the area of offense. Because of Christ's gift of grace to me, I can do this. Number one, I'll give others the benefit of the doubt. I'll give others the benefit of the benefit of the doubt. Ephesians 4.2 says it like this. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, if you're filled with God, you're filled with love. And if you're filled with his love, you can make allowance for others' faults. Because we, really, we realize when we're filled with God's love that we have faults, right? And that we always, don't always get it right. And so we can be forgiving and we can make allowance and we can give other people the benefit of the doubt. When you're driving, back to the driving illustration, you don't know what that person's dealing with. They may be enraged because they just got fired or because they were served divorce papers or because they lost a child or because maybe their stock portfolio took a 50% hit. You, you, you don't know. You just don't know what you don't know. And what you don't know is the other side of the coin. Yeah, they pulled in front of me and they cut me off, but you don't know what they're dealing with. So give them the benefit of the doubt. You have to have thick skin and a tender heart. And always remember that hurt people hurt people and are easily hurt by people. So... They may be having a bad day. The second thing that God's grace does for me in this area of offense, it gives me the determination to not label other people. I will not, I can declare this, I will not label others. I will not label others. I really try to do a good job of this. Sometimes I fail. But when the Lord, I give the Lord the permission to correct me here. When I, when I label others, here's, here's the scripture that goes with that. Luke chapter 6 and verse 36 and 37. Jesus said this, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. So we could say it like this, labeling people is being judgmental. Because you're, you're either putting yourself above them or putting yourself below them. If you think, well, they're just hot shot snooty tooty and they have all that and they know all that 
you're still labeling them and you're placing yourself lower than them. So you have in your own heart a right to be offended at them. But if you think you're better than them, then <laughs> what do they know? Look at the kind of car they're driving. I mean, what do you expect? Come on, guys. This happens all the time. We're labeling people because of what they wear, where they came from, what they're driving, color of their skin, their education, our lack thereof. We label people. And when we label people, we judge. We're judging. And so Jesus says, be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. Do what he would do. The minute that we think that we're better than someone else, we're labeling them as unclean or unworthy or less than, less than. We have to remember where we came from. I think it's very, very interesting when we, you study the New, New Testament that Paul is frequently reminded that he was the chiefest of sinners. And he reminded everyone around him because he didn't want them to think that he was placing himself above them, right? It wasn't a, a false humility that Paul was trying to persuade people that he had this false humility. He really remembered that he didn't deserve to be called an apostle to the Gentiles, that he had people murdered that were Christian. And so for him to say, I, Paul, the chiefest of sinners, I, I would not be who I am if it were not the grace of God. So when we label others, then we're being judgmental. And so we choose not to. The third thing that the grace of God does for me, allows me to do, is forgive as I have been forgiven. To forgive as much as I have been forgiven. There's three scriptures here that are really good. Colossians 3.13 is the first one in the New Living Translation. Colossians 3.13. Look, make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you try to forgive others. As much as it's possible, try to forgive others. No, that's, that's not what it says, right? It uses the word must, M-U-S-T. You must forgive others. It's not, it's not a suggestion. It is emphatic. It is a command to forgive others. Why? Because Christ forgave us. And if he forgave us for what you did, surely we can forgive others for what they did. That love that he put within you is not supposed to just stay within you. You're supposed to give as much as you've received. Freely you've received, freely give. Try to see other people the way that God sees you. Endeavor to see other people the same way that God sees you, right? And you can only do that through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. 
when you begin to look at others with human eyes, you're going to see every fault that they have. Because we're, we're critical. We're critical. But when you begin to look at others through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, and here's a real key, you, you have to pray for others. Even if it's in the middle of traffic, you can stop, you can pray for that person. Right? You, we better be praying for protection before we put the thing in reverse and pull out of the driveway. But I'm talking about in the middle of traffic, praying for others. Because you don't know what they're dealing with. So our prayers turn from Lord protect me to Lord protect that person. Lord, wherever they're going, how, whatever they're dealing with, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off. I'm going to let you deal with them and, and I'm going to let them go. It's, it is not worth getting into a fist fight and somebody pulling out a gun. Right? And it has happened, guys. It has happened. And the world without Jesus continually gets tense and stressed and confused and offended. So we much more have to focus on these scriptures so that we can release the love of God through us. I like the phrase, as much as, because it is comparing God's love to the love that we should be operating in. You know, the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about the characteristics of love. Love is what? Patient. Love is kind. Isn't it funny how patient is number one? And all the scriptures that surround the word patience, holding your tongue, being quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, being patient, make allowance. That Colossians 3.13 said make allowance. And also the other uh, Ephesians 4 chapter 2 said make, make allowance. Look at Matthew chapter 6 verse 14. Is this doing you some good? It's doing me some good. Lord, help me to slow down and pray for others. Consider others. I put, I put my ego on the altar. Before I read that scripture, I want, I want to make this statement. Hurt people hurt people, but forgiven people forgive people. So we've been forgiven and with that same forgiveness, we forgive others. Right? To, you guys know this because I've, I've taught on this a number of times, but the Greek word for forbearing, forbearing, that's one of the fruit of the Spirit, to be forbearing, is re really, I, I kind of adapted this definition myself, is to forgive in advance. Just go ahead and forgive them before anything ever happens. Before you need to forgive that person, just go ahead and forgive them. So that if they ever come back and say, please forgive me, you say, honestly, I've, it's already been taken care of. I didn't even have to think about it. I did it. Forgiveness does more for us than anybody else. Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive 
your sins. Now, that sounds like God is withholding forgiveness. But really, if we're standing in a place of judgment, we're really binding ourselves, putting ourselves in prison. It's not that God is withholding anything from us. But what this is saying is what we do to others is what's going to be done to us. Right? Jesus is making this point. Go ahead and forgive other people because they're going to let you down. Young folks, people will let you down, but God will never let you down. The love that he put in you is greater than any hurt that you will ever experience. He loves you. And with that love, he gives you the power to overcome bitterness. We can all name people that we, that we know in life that, that are living bitter. They're living just uh, mad at everybody. They can't get along with anybody. And the older they get, the more isolated they become and the more upset they are with the people that are isolating them. But really, the Bible says if you're going to make friends, you have to be friendly. So it's not time to sit back and judge everybody. Well, they don't come calling me. They don't come to see me. They don't pay any attention to me. What are you doing? Where's the love in your heart taking you? Right? Love always puts the ball in my court. Love always gives me the initiative to take action. Right? Here's one more scripture. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. This is a just as or as much as scripture. You've got to enlarge your heart and enlarge your mind to be able to think like God thinks about this word called love. Because love covers sin. Guys, people that are out there exposing sin are not walking in love. I'll just say it. I'll just say it. If somebody comes to you looking to dump garbage in your ear about somebody else, they don't love that person. And, can I be so bold to say, they really don't love you. Because I don't dump garbage in somebody's ear that I love. I take it to the Lord, we deal with it, and then we move on. Right? Do you have time to just walk around in bitterness and unforgiveness all the time? It's not good for your health. It's not good for your disposition. People see you, it's like, wow, why are they always got a scowl on their face? Who are they mad at today? I mean, the day hadn't even started. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. They can show up to work and they're mad at everybody. Makes you want to go look for another job, right? I'm talking about your coworker. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about you, right? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. <laughs> Lord, help us this week. <laughs> We're going to have a great week. Here's, this, here's, here's, the, here's, the home, here's the home run scripture right here. Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind. There's such power in kindness. Be kind and compassionate to one another. If you study the word compassion and how it's linked to Jesus... Every time Jesus moved, it was he's moved with compassion. Compassion never allows you to sit still. Compassion always moves you toward the problem. 
Because in compassion, there's the solution. Love always wins. And so if, if your love going somewhere to happen, you've got the solution in you. Can I just say this for the people that work in a uh, volatile environment or hostile? Now, workplace is hostile environment. Everybody wants to quit work because it's a hostile environment. Listen, this is a hostile world, right? If you've got the love of God in you, you have the solution. And if you walk in with the attitude of Christ, if you put on Christ every day, and you're walking in love to the best of your ability, God giving you the grace every day, the multiplied grace to walk in that God kind of love, you have the solution for your company. They're looking for people who have solutions and not problems. If you can see the solution and be the solution, you'll move so high so fast, it will make your head spin. True. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. That just means we're... We're, we're going to have to forgive each other. We will. Because we're going we're gonna to make mistakes. Just as, or as much as, in Christ, God forgave you. Has God forgiven us a lot? Oh, yeah. And er, listen, check this out. Every time you go to him and say, forgive me, what does he say? You're there. Gotcha. Already forgiven. Yes. There's never been a time that I ever went to God and said, please forgive me that he said, oh, let me think about it. I'll get back to you tomorrow. <laughs> never. Never. So let, let, guys, let's make a deal before we leave that we're not going to hold anybody else in bondage with our offense where you can get offended at everybody don't hold anybody else in bondage and don't hold yourself in bondage let's put our ego up on the altar and decide right now that God can, he can bring some more roses out you can bloom with 13 roses overnight listen I'm telling you I'm, I'm watch, watching that bush it's coming up. Listen, I see buds on there. There's about like eight buds on there right now. I'm looking for the day. It's, it makes it fun. You know, you may get stuck by a thorn, but you, I, I wake up every day and go, okay, how many, how many roses are going to be on the bush today? It's exciting. God wants us to bloom with his love. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. I want to pray with you. If you need Jesus today, 